Choir directors are creative, resourceful, dedicated, and sometimes completely out of ideas. Not to worry, the Choir Ninja Podcast is here with solutions you never saw coming. Get ready for some training, wisdom, and inspiration from the masters. Let Ryan Guth guide your journey to becoming a Choir Ninja. best part about being a ninja? The gear. It's the nunchucks, the katanas, the throwing stars. It's the same for choir ninjas. The difference between an ordinary and a masterful performance may come down to your most basic and essential piece of equipment, your music folder. My Music Folders creates a superior product, and they do it with a smile. And because they are friends of the podcast, they have a killer deal for you right now. Get the bulk purchase price break without having to buy in bulk. So whether you have to restock your entire classroom or you just need to replace a few folders, you will get the best possible pricing on the best possible product. So like a ninja, sneak on over to MyMusicFolders.com and use the code NINJA when you check out. Today's episode is brought to you by SightReadingFactory.com. Do you hate teaching sight singing? Do you have a carbon footprint the size of Sasquatch because you run off endless sheets of sight singing examples only to hear your students groan in agony when it's time to sight sing in rehearsal? SightReadingFactory.com is a web-based tool that will compose custom sight reading examples based on specifications that you choose. Your choir will actually enjoy sight singing and so will you. Plus, you will get back hours of your life and finally feel like the choir ninja you were destined to be. If that isn't cool enough, you can add student accounts that link directly to your teacher dashboard so your kids can practice or even take recorded assessments from home. As a sponsor of this show, SightReadingFactory.com has an exclusive deal just for you, Choir Nation. When you purchase their insanely affordable one-year subscription, you will unlock 10 free student accounts just for using the promo code NINJA at checkout. That's Ninja, N-I-N-J-A. So head over to SightReadingFactory.com. That's SightReadingFactory.com. And don't forget to use the promo code Ninja at checkout to unlock your 10 student accounts absolutely free. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Choir Ninja Podcast, and I am just very thrilled to have with me today Eugene Rogers of the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. Uh, I know he will be assuming the Director of Choral Activities position uh, next school year for 2018-2019 after Mm -hmm. Jerry Blackstone uh, retires. And uh, I'm just so happy to have him here. Um, he's, he's, we've been going back and forth for a little while, and I'm, um, we saw each other at the Chorus America conference, even though I didn't recognize him because I don't <laughs> recognize people that I see online. Uh, it's just a problem that I have. But I'm very glad that he's here, and I certainly recognize him now that he's in front of me. So, Eugene, <laughs> thank you for joining me on the Choir thank Ninja you. podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. I've heard... I've heard, listened to some episodes, and I've heard all about your program, so it's nice to actually be a guest. Thank you. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we appreciate your service to the choral community. So, Eugene, I want to, um, I want to talk about sort of a biographical Eugene for a second. We, mm. we used to have a podcast called Find Your Forte, and Find Your Forte, <laughs> I interviewed all these amazing choral directors, and then I changed the name to Choir Ninja, which was a great idea. 
But, you know, I, every once in a while I, I get somebody on the show, you know, um, that is out there in the world, you know, making big waves like yourself. And so I like to flip the format from um, only a solutions format just to learning a little bit more about you and, and, sure. and just to help the coral world understand that you've been there too and the you know mm-hmm. the people that are that are out there um you know at these you know major coral schools you know are not made of porcelain they've they've <laughs> they've been they've been there you know they've been there oh yeah so eugene would you let me know the moment that you realized that you were going to dedicate your life to music or conducting mm-hmm. or choir well that came in different stages um I first decided to to dedicate my life to music. I remember specifically when it happened. I was in the middle of a piano lesson with my middle school teacher. And uh, at that time, I had just started high school. And um, I was so excited to take piano lessons. But for me, music was a hobby. It was not something that you majored in. And I will never forget my my middle school music teacher during the piano lesson said, now, you know that you could do this for a living because at that time I had did a lot of solo work and I was singing in choir, just doing all sorts of things. But it somehow had never dawned on me that I could make my living as a conductor and or as a musician. And when she said that to me, <laughs> it was almost as if I had a planned answer. But because it, I just needed someone to give me permission and I looked at her and I said, well, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I instantly at that point decided that I wanted to dedicate my life to music. It wasn't clear to me at that time because for me, music making was predominantly made uh, as a singer. I, for me at that time, I'm going to be a soloist. I'm going to major in classical voice and opera. And so that's where I started. And it wasn't until my first conducting class that I, I, was, I began to realize I, that what was so difficult for everyone else around me, I was just passionate about it and it, it just made sense. It was just like walking. And uh, that is when I decided I wanted to major, change from voice to conducting. Uh, and so I, I changed my major instantly to choral music education uh, during probably my sophomore year of undergraduate. So what was it about conducting that intrigued you so much you know i i just it just for me i could i began to realize as a singer i could do it it was fine but i i found myself constantly hitting this wall with technique and hitting this wall with um wanting to be more expressive and having more musical ideas than i could get outside in my voice or through my voice sure but when i was conducting i felt as if all of those ideas that I had within my soul, I was more easily able to communicate. Yeah. So it's that idea that this, that in a choir, the sum is greater than the parts. So, <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's a pretty amazing what you can do when you, when you put yeah. all those voices together. There's that maximum Absolutely. amount of expression that you have. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I love that. In tandem with that, I then, as an undergraduate, um, submitted to be in the ACDA conducting competition as an undergraduate. Mm -hmm. And um, I was fortunate enough to win that year. And so that was also then really the confirmation, definitely, that, okay, this is the path I should take. 
Wonderful. Well, it's it's great to it's great when the universe lets you know that too. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, Eugene, I know that we're not you know we're not perfect, and we have no. crazy moments in our lives where maybe we doubted our choices and things like that. Did is there a, is there a moment that you can think of where? Something just did not go the way you were hoping, and it maybe mm-hmm. it caused it either caused you to think, "What am I doing?" or, or you know what? If I'm going to do this again, I'm going to do this differently. And this might have mm-hmm. been this could be current events. This could be way in the past. But do you have any moments like that I that have, you can share? I have, a, I have a couple. So you let me know. If, okay, that's enough because okay. I have a lot of those. I think the first struggle for me was choral music education or choral conducting. That was such a lifelong, because I had my undergraduate was in choral music ed, I taught at, taught high school, uh, and I couldn't decide for that master's, you know, which direction should I go? Mm-hmm. And so that, that just took a lot of time and, and a lot of inner searching, but that was a big struggle. The second struggle actually for me came about with student teaching. Um, you know, after undergraduate, I felt like I had received all of this praise and, you know, I could just, you know, there were, I just had it all figured out. And it was those wonderful, wonderful students during student teaching that really helped me see, no, you don't have it all figured out. You know, we, you, you need to give us more. We don't know what you're talking about. They taught me so much and they made me a better teacher in every way. Um, and then the other thing, the struggle that I really had was I had the good fortune of moving to New York City and working for the Boys Choir of Harlem. I sold my cars. I uprooted myself completely with the idea that that was really going to be where I was going to retire because I was hired to eventually assume the directorship of the organization. But after a short stint being there and the organization experienced extreme financial difficulties, they called us in and told us they didn't know when they'd be able to give us another paycheck. So here I was living in New York City. And after that, I still stayed on uh, for three more months without any pay. Wow. uh, and I eventually had to move. There was an opening mid-year in, the, in Salem, Oregon, and I uprooted myself uh, and, and moved all the way out to Oregon. And at that time, I just didn't know what was happening with my life. You know, mm-hmm. here I was working for a wonderful high school in Gross Point, Michigan. I had a fantastic budget, salary, moved to New York, thinking things were going great. And now, bam, you have no job, no salary, no cars, you know, I had to start all over. I mean, that was, talk about if ever I had to make a decision about what I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. It, that was really pivotal for me. And that's when I realized that I, what I found myself doing was going to, I, I joined a symphony chorus, Portland Symphony Chorus. I remember that. As well as I began to go to the library and started studying the history of the mass and the motet. And it, I'd never done this before. That's really when I realized that choral music was deeply inside of me. I had a real passion for it, no matter what. Um, so, so you took a couple big leaps of faith there. Yes, huge leaps. Of faith. So, do you? <laughs> what role does your gut have in in those those leaps of faith? I mean, where, did you feel as though this position in Salem was calling you because it was? timely or did it just feel right or was it the wrong position or are they the ones that were going to pay you or because you can't live in new york for free that's for sure (laughs) 
Well, I can say this now that my trusting my gut, I'm a lot better at that now than I was at that time. Mm-hmm. I have to, in retrospect, when I think about the New York experience, though it taught me a lot, I probably didn't really listen to my guts. I think I was so excited about the opportunity to live in Manhattan and work with this historic group that I didn't, I think I just ignored it. And the Oregon opportunity really for me at that point, uh, you know, the bells were going off (laughs) as, you know, they were ringing loudly when that opportunity came after not being paid for three months. And so um, definitely was a, a gut move as well as just a common sense move to head out to Oregon. So I've definitely, I think the lessons for me in that really was you must always listen to your gut. And um, I still wouldn't change a thing because I learned so much from sitting under Dr. Turnbull for the time that I did, who's the founder and director of the group of the Boys Club Harlem. You know, I still think of him every day. He passed away probably about 10 years ago now. Um, I still think of him all the time because he was so influential um, in this world, in the black community, as well as really in my life as well. So, yeah, they were, yeah, they were no small, <laughs> no, exactly. no small business. I mean, they, yeah, the Boys Choir of Harlem. Now, do they still exist af- after all of that no. hardship? No, they don't. They, they 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 exist as a group of alumni, and on occasion they go out and perform. Okay, but as a current training ensemble for young boys no they don't exist well i you know i i happen to have gone to westminster with a gentleman named Corey leak who of course Corey's a good friend of mine well (laughs) that man has some some pipes i will let you know because he (laughs) because he went he was a a singer in the boys choir of harlem and i remember a couple solos at westminster that i was like all right, I'm just going to pack it in right now because I don't have that. So, yeah, Corey is uh, amazing and a good friend. Well, so. I'll have to. I will have to tag him in this episode. Make sure that he Please. knows that he was mentioned. But, <laughs> you know, one more thing, Ryan, that I forgot to mention. Um, I think current. You you talked about past as well as current day uh, successful gut decisions, and I have to say that that probably was for me um, the decision to program with. Michigan Men's Glee Club, Joel Thompson's Seven Last Words of the Unarmed. You know, I, I really agonized over that. And I even received from a few um, really negative feedback about me with the possibility of programming that work. And I trusted my gut. And I'm so glad I did because, you know, when I think about what has happened, what's come full circle, not only have the families, the members of those victims, been hugely touched by that response, but to see people all around this country responding to it, um, asking questions, using it as um, educational opportunities for their various communities, not only choirs, but religious organizations, community organizations, even companies have contacted us about using the, our university made a documentary out of it, and people are now using that as well as our website, sevenlastwords.org, as an educational resource. And so um, that, that's another example of really a successful choice as a result of following my gut. You know, I just, I live and breathe by that now. After having <laughs> those horrible earlier stories of when I didn't follow it, um, I just, I'm so grateful that I, as you can see from that example of of, of trusting, are always trusting oneself above anything. Now, 
what kind of feedback did you get um, for programming this? I mean, do you got did you get political blowback where you where you I were teaching? Or? I got I got everything you can imagine. The University of Michigan, no, the University of Michigan responded for the most part quite positively, and I and again decided to create a documentary around my teaching, even with my students, because the students felt as if they were able to still have different opinions, but still be able to perform this artistic work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the university, but we did receive, of course, some community, some alumni um, backlash on occasion, not a ton, but we did receive some who didn't quite grasp the process and the fact that there was no pushing of an agenda. There really was um, the desire to just foster critical discourse. And if, if, if institutions of higher ed cannot be places where we can foster dialogue and, and disagreement respectfully, um, really, where else are we going to teach this and have our students learn this? So when they go out into their companies and corporations and the political arena, that they can still dialogue and respect a colleague that has a different viewpoint, a strong viewpoint different than theirs. And so um, so we received the whole gamut, but for more, more than anything, it was a positive, very positive response. Great. Well, I, that's really encouraging. As, as somebody who has controversial viewpoints myself, uh, <laughs> I'm glad to know that, that, uh, that you know, you feel that way because, I mean, of course, you know, we disagreement. I was actually, I was in church yesterday and I was listening to the pastor speak and he was talking about how sometimes there are there are two truths that <coughs> that work simultaneously and then in order for the in order for like the, the bigger lesson to be understood you have to have both of these truths in in tension with each other and there's this yeah. space yeah. in between where we gain uh, greater understanding and i don't think i even did him justice but um yeah. But you know, I, I think sometimes between two truths is is uh, you know a place where we can come together and begin to understand each other and and yeah. it's my truth, it's your truth, but but together, you know, uh, we're still working towards the same goal and and, Absolutely. and I, I think that's wonderful. So that's great. I'm really glad that that was able to work out for you, Eugene. Um, yeah, Thank that's you. that's that's really cool, and I'm I'm definitely gonna check that out, and we will Please. we will put. Um, a link to uh, uh, your looks like your your CD here is on uh, for sale on Amazon, um, and oh. also some more. We can put the seven the seven last is it seven last words dot org. Seven last words dot org. We yes, can put that exactly. in the show notes as well at choir ninja forward slash one two two for episode one twenty two. Um, so okay, so we're, we're past the sort of the failure gut moment kind of feelings. Yeah. So. Yeah. What in in contrast? What do you feel was though it was your um, most proud musical accomplishment? Mm. Wow! That's or a moment that you were that you felt like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. This is it. Yes, you know that was after the doctorate. Um, I was fortunate enough after the doctorate to have several job offers, and um, trying to make that decision about where I should go, where, you know, that was a, you know, a couple of them were music ed jobs, a couple of them were more DCA jobs, and some of them were at schools of music, some of them were at liberal arts colleges. Mm -hmm. And I felt my strong 
draw in my gut towards McAllister College. And I am so grateful that I followed my gut and accepted that offer um, because I, those three years were pivotal to, to be in the Twin Cities, to have Del Warland, you know, be one of your mentors and Kathy Romy and Philip Brunel and Anton Armstrong, you know, just all, you know, I, of course I knew of some of them beforehand, but Anton and I knew, known each other for years, but to then form those relationships with people I had looked up to and admired for so many years, um, in addition to just the great institution, McAllister is a wonderful institution and the students with whom I had the chance to, to teach and to learn from. I mean, those students are brilliant and open-minded and ready and hungry to explore. So that was a really great move. And I think followed by that, the, 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 the decision to come to Michigan, you know, of course I had to trust my gut to take that step after being only at McAllister for three years. But I feel like both of those were really gut decisions. And they sound like they were good decisions. Yeah. Yes, I think so. <laughs> well, very good. Now, you know, um, at this point, we normally transition into like, you know, what is this thing that you're great at? What is this thing that you can share with the choral world that's your own thing? And I know that you present on um, the singing conductor. So we're, we want to delve into that for next the next episode. And okay. so can you give me a little preview of, of like a little synopsis uh, of what that is so that we can... We can let Choir Nation know um, to tune in next time and what they're going to be, uh, what they're going to be, what we're going to be covering together. You know, the singing conductor is basically my putting together um, a philosophical and pedagogical approach to teaching and uh, working with students as it relates to choral music. Uh, it's not something that only I do. I've observed many singing conductors. I can list many of them. But it is definitely the place from whence I lead and teach that uh, basically places um, vocal music, the sound that, that you would go for, that you really go toward, text and character of the work as fundamental constantly in tandem goals that are never separated. Um, and from that, rehearsing in such a way that you always are bringing people not only to the ideal sound, but a sound that connects, that's intricately connected to whatever the concept or character of that piece is. And so um, it's, it's, it's the way I teach, it's the way when I've observed many conductors in our country, it is also an approach with which they um, lead their, the choral art form. So I feel like that's something that I hope to bring more and give more definition and more examples to the choral world. Great. Well, we look forward to hearing more about that on the next episode with you, Eugene. So um, we're going to wrap it up for, for today for episode 122. Uh, Choir Nation, if you're interested in the show notes for today's episode, head on over to choir.ninja forward slash 122 for episode 122. And of course, support mymusicfolders.com and also sightreadingfactory.com. Both of those have special deals for you for um, clicking the promo code NINJA into the box uh, at checkout. I should say typing the promo code NINJA into the box at checkout. 
and you got some goodies for you there. If you forget what they are, you can go all the way back to the beginning of the episode and listen to our advertisements <laughs> if you have an interest in listening to advertisements. But uh, Eugene seems pretty intrigued by sightreadingfactory.com and, yes. uh, and my music folders, you know, as, as, a, as an American music folder company. That is, that's, that's huge to me. So, all right, Eugene, thank you for today, and we'll, we'll you, catch I... you on the next one. Excellent. Quiet Ninja Show. Wa bang bang.